Please welcome my guests, Ed Toth and Mark Quinones, live from my drum room, the Modern Drummer Podcast. And there they are, from live from Toledo, Ohio. <laughs> That's right. As, That's right. As you do. Welcome, boys. Thanks, man. On, Johnny D. Nice to see you guys. Wow. Here we are. It's kind of a reunion of sorts with all of us. We've all known each other a long time, whether we want to admit it or not. This is true. Yeah. Mark and I, Mark and I go back to pre-Almond Brothers. Everybody watching at home, if you don't know this already, Mark, of course, is on tour with the Doobie Brothers. He's the Doobie Brothers percussionist. But Mark played with the Almond Brothers for 23 years. Does that sound right? Yes, sir. 23. Yeah. 91 to 2014. Correct. And, uh, and I met you, I think, around, I think around 89 or 90 with Spyro Gyra. Is that right? 89. 89. 89. Yes. 89. Wow. We go back a long ways, man. <laughs> man, I know. I was thinking that. I thought it was 89. It was the year I started at Zildjian. And um, was Richie Morales still playing drums at that point? It was before Joel. Richie was the drummer. No, Richie was the drummer. Yeah, man. Yeah. And then Ed, a few years later, and I want to say around 97. Um, that sounds about right. Yeah, Vertical Horizon <laughs> and um, through... Our friend Carter Beaufort at a Dave Matthews show introduced us. Yeah. Yeah. Man. I met I met you. Yeah, that sounds right. And then the band was signed and the rest is history. We you know, we all worked together in different capacities, Mark with the Almond Brothers all those years, and you with Vertical Horizon, and then later the Doobie Brothers. Mm-hmm. So and here you guys are playing together. This is awesome. That's yeah. pretty cool. Who who would have thought? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Um, so let me um, hang on a second, guys. I want to see if we, I want to make sure I can answer any questions if, uh, if such things do pop up here. Okay. Um, and Mark, you, you joined the Doobies in 2018, I think. Is that sound 2018, right? yes. I did. Awesome. Yeah. After, after you, know, um, you know, we toured with them in, when I was in the Allman Brothers. And then when I was in Greg's band, we did some shows with the Doobies. I, um, I don't. Were you with them when we were with the all? When I was with the Almond Brothers, Ed? I don't re- remember. Well, I did a couple of shows with you guys when you were when you were doing the Almonds. We did that show at the Gorge with the Dead. It was like the two drummer fiesta, <laughs> right? Doobies, <laughs> Doobies, Doobies, Almonds, and the Dead, which which was great because it was at the Gorge, which was really cool. Um, yeah. And I think we did a couple of sort of one-off things together. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't remember crossing paths with you at that point. You know, I remember the, the Greg stuff. Yeah, later when 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 we did the shows with Greg's solo band is right. when you and I sort of got to know each other a little bit. Right. Um, we actually spoke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah sometimes it's difficult at those you know at those concerts to get together you know you finish your set and you get you know we tend to leave and not linger around so but yeah here yeah. we are man i know the i universe. know it's it's cool i was, and I, I think it's i'm sorry i missed you guys when you came through town last week uh i was telling mark uh ed i was telling mark offline two of my bandmates were at that show and uh and they just were we had a gig last thursday so they had seen you the saturday before that and they were just raving about it i'm gonna give a shout out to my bandmates paul gianelli and neil porter and uh and they just said it was fantastic they said you guys especially were great we're and, uh, that's we're having fun man yeah we yeah. are definitely ed and i are kind of you know we've we found in you know the uh the sweet spot playing together now man yeah so mark yeah. How, so i was thinking about this too because all those years of playing with Butch and J-Mo, um, mm-hmm. it, a lot different from playing with Ed for right. obvious reasons. But where you had Butch and J-Mo, you had like, you know, Butch, Butch and, and Ed probably are more similar in terms of the groove and the, and the you know, the backbeat kind of thing. And then you get J-Mo with all those kind of colors and things that he'd put in. So how, how did you, did you have to adapt it? Did it take a little while to sort of, like you say, for it to get to that sweet spot with Ed where you were. I think it was a lot easier, you know, here than, oh, you know, with the almonds, because of course, you know, with two drummers, you have to find a, you know, a, a spot to be able to play and not sound so muddied. 
Yeah. Um, and with Ed, you know, he's such a great, you know, pocket player, man, that it's easy to, you know, just find, find that groove with him. Yeah. Yeah. He you sure know? is a yeah. great pocket. And I would say that if you weren't sitting right there, Ed, too. I'd say, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, so would I, Ed. Not that I could see you, but, uh, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's well. I, you know, I, I, I paid, I paid Q some money before we did this. To, you know, each comment is worth about fifty bucks. So, man, you guys are rolling in the cash on this tour. It's, it's going to cost you some dough today in your day off. That's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, that's what we do, man. Yeah. So, but, so, Ed, but no, so, you know, like, 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 you know, to to further answer your question is. You know, like it's really, you know, and I tell this to everybody, including Ed, that it's really easy to play with him because he is such, you know, his timing is is, is impeccable, really. Yeah. And so it's easy for me to just play and not worry about, you know, the timing, whatever, you know, because, it, you know, I just listen to him and he's literally next to me. So it's like, you know, I don't even really need him in my ears so that I can hear everything else, but I can hear and feel him next. To me. So it's 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 a it's great. That's cool. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I mean, playing with Butch and Jamo had to be like the most incredible feeling. And in fact, you, you had me come up a couple of times and stand up there and play percussion with you. So, I mean, there's like this machine and this freight train that's happening with those two guys. But to your point, Mark, with a guy like Ed, who's playing this incredible pocket and it's, and it's just him, you, I'm mm-hmm. sure can find that spot a lot easier. Cause it's, yeah, you, I, I really can, man. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I mean, Ed, Ed has, you know, played with another drummer in this band, with several other drummers, right? Or was it just Mike and, well, Mike and Tony? And, Mike and Tony, yeah. And Tony, that's right, right. yeah. Yep. So, you know, he, he knows what it is to, to, you know, to play with two drummers and, you know, try to, you know, find that lane, you know? Yeah, yeah. 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 So, Ed, talk about that. So, so <clears throat> when you got the gig, the late, great Mike Hasek was still with us, and you mm-hmm. came in... I knew Keith Knudsen really well. In fact, we'd become friends. And so you, when Keith passed away, you took Keith's place in the band as the Did, yeah. second. Drummer. Excuse me. So, so yeah, how was I played that? with Mike for, I guess, five years before Mike left the road and coming into it, it wasn't so bad. I mean, I, you know, having done the drum corps thing, um, obviously this is something totally different from that, but having done the, the the marching band thing and the drum corps thing throughout uh, my youth, um, it kind of made me ready for that. Um, and really less, sort of less so, um, mostly from a listening standpoint, from an ensemble playing standpoint. Because, you, I mean, you have to have pretty good ears to play in a, in a drum line and have it be a, a tight, you know, yeah. 10 guys sounding like one kind of thing. Um so I was used to that. And, um, you know, Mike and I, uh, I, I had befriended Mike before that because he was a Vertical Horizon fan. Um, so no that's kidding. how we got to know each other. Wow. And so when he said, it, after uh, a couple of months after Keith had passed, they decided they were going to keep doing two drummers. Um, they did have a percussionist at the time, and um, they decided to just kind of revamp the whole thing and just go back to having just the two drummers without percussion Mm -hmm. and so mike called me up he knew the vertical thing for for me was 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 starting to get in my rear view mirror and he said we're going to audition you want to come down it's just going to be an invite and i said sure um so having known mike i was able to sort of talk to him and you know hey on this tune like you want to do this fill here and i'll do this fill here like how do you want to do this basically and we sort of orchestrated like what fills we were going to play together, what those fills would be. And then also like, we usually just kind of did every other fill is kind of how we did it. Okay. I never knew and that. He would, wow. Okay. Yeah. He would say like, Hey, you start tonight, <laughs> you know, and it's like, okay. So, and we just kind of did that. So you kind of had to be on your toes and on your game. Like, Hey, is this my fill here? Cause yeah. it, it was kind of, <laughs> it was different every night, which, which for me was a nice thing to keep the gig you know, sort of fresh and all that stuff. But, the, you know, with the parts and stuff, there was some, you know, hey, what's the kick pattern here? Um, and then there were a couple of areas where we were able to go a little sort of King Crimson, where he would kind of do one thing and I would do another thing. Um, it didn't happen that often because, you know, Doobie Brothers music is not 
King Crimson music. Um, but there were those moments where we could kind of do different sort of polyrhythmic stuff together, which worked out really well. And Mike had such a nice touch, you know, and, and, he, yeah. and um, you know, he didn't, he, he didn't, he, he, it was almost like, kind of like he was J-Mo to my butch kind of on, on a lot of this stuff. Like he would take out the rods and, and you know, he, he, he played those short stack toms, a drum workshop uh, yep. short stack. And he would do these cool little Tom patterns while I'm over there just, you know, doing my the group hammering down. out the two and four thing, you know? Yeah. Um, so we had a lot of fun doing that together. And then uh, when he got sick in 2010 and had to take some time off the road, that's when Tony Pia came in and Tony was a very different drummer than Mike. Tony was a little bit more like me uh, than like Mike. So uh, again, playing with Tony was the same kind of thing where we would sort of talk it out and, and talk about who would do what, where, um, but it proved to be, it worked out fine, but it was just different because we were both similar players as to being mm -hmm. sort of different players. Um, and then Tony left in 2016 and the guys decided to just kind of hang with one drummer, which I was very happy about because uh, that sort of opened up the gig a little bit more musically for me. Um, and then when they started making noise about sort of uh, expanding the rhythm section again, I decided I wasn't going to be quiet. And I went to them and I said, look, I, you know, I know you guys are talking about this and uh, you didn't ask me for my opinion, but I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I really think we should get a percussionist and not another drummer. Um, you know, uh, most of the people around the band had been telling them that they enjoyed it more musically with one drummer. Um, it really is. I, I never saw the need to have two drummers playing the same thing. Um, so that was part of it. Um, and thankfully they, they, I told them, I said, look on your recordings, you've got two drummers on maybe two or three songs per album. Other than that, it's one guy on a lot of those doobie recordings, but there's percussion on every track. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think damn near every doobie brothers track has percussion on. Um, so I said, we should get a percussionist and we should make sure it's a percussionist, not a drum set player looking for a gig or, um, you know, one of the guy's girlfriends or something coming up and playing tambourine, like we should get a percussionist. And I knew, I didn't know, I threw Mark's name into the hat. Um, I knew Greg was sick, but I didn't know, uh, Mark still had some, you still had some commitments with Greg, I think, right, Mark? Yeah. Yeah. I got a call from Tommy once, you know, they, they decided to get a percussionist to add a percussionist and I was still with Greg. And this was, I think like October of 2016. Mm -hmm. And because of my loyalty to, uh, you know, I'm loyal to a fault sometimes. Um, you know, I, I thank Tommy for the call, but I was like, you know, I'm, I'm still with Greg and we have some shows coming up at the city winery in November. And as it turned out, you know, we did two shows at the city winery the following month after the call and then Greg couldn't play anymore. So, you know, yeah. they kind of, you know, doobies went and went on tour beginning of 17. And I think you guys went to Australia and, and overseas, I think, because yeah. he had talked to me about, about that on the call. And, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't know what the, what Greg's fate was at the time that I was talking with Tommy. So, you know, I kept my loyalty to Greg. And then, you know, at the end of 17, I got another call from Tommy saying, you know, we're really, really thinking about this. We'd like for you to come down and, you know, see if it, if, if it's a good fit. And I guess it was a good fit because I've been, uh, I'm going on my fourth year here now. So. Wow. And the, t so the, yeah. and the timing really, <clears throat> although it might not have seemed like it at the time, it actually was good timing that that yeah um, yeah yeah it was wow. it was it was it was interesting you know and 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 i tell everybody that you know coming into the doobies i knew more doobie songs than i did all my brother songs when i joined the allman brothers because, you know, <laughs> the doobies were radio friendly and allman brothers were not at, yeah. you know, back in the, in the 70s so you know That's a lot of funny. the songs taking it to the streets you know blackwater all that stuff you know like i knew all those songs already it was it was yeah. you know refreshing to come into a band that I knew most of the songs. Yeah. You know, I, I remember Mark, when you joined the almonds, um, mm -hmm. I had already known Butch and Jamo like two years at that point, And I'd gotten pretty close with them. And I remember how excited 
Butch especially was when you joined the band, he said, and I, you know, I, in fact, I, I was thinking about this too. I'm pretty sure he called me to tell me that you were in the band and you had already called me. You and I had sort of stayed in touch. Mm-hmm. I, I hadn't really signed you officially to Zildjian yet, right? but we were in touch and, um, and Butch, you know, basically Butch B and Butch called and said, yeah, you got to sign this guy up. Like there's no, no more, you know, no more. I said, no, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I know Mark. Sure. And he's like, yeah, you know, I, you know, I had to, I had to pay Butch a lot of commission for getting me on the Allman Brother gig, getting me signed to Zildjian, you know, all that shit. Uh, <laughs> no, you, you did all that, but, but it was, he was, it was, he was, he was the one responsible for me, you know, like he just happened to be a Spyrogyra fan and he was in the audience with his wife. And so it's like random, you know, in Tallahassee, Florida, of all places, like it's almost like Toledo, Ohio, man. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Well, he he was. Can't like, wait to see said, what happens later today. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do remember, and this was you know thirty two years ago, thirty one years ago, him saying to me mm-hmm. like, "I've been wanting to, I've been wanting to get a you know a percussionist in this band. Like you know, it's finally going to happen." And and uh, you know, and and what a, you know, I mean, they were. I'd seen them for two years before you got in the band, mm-hmm. and they were great. It was great when they came back in eighty nine. <laughs> but when you joined the band, it was it was this other thing completely yeah i mean at first i was like you know how is it even possible with so many drums you know because i mean butch played a you know uh he had four toms you know five cymbals jamo had you know three toms maybe six cymbals because he liked all those colors he had a lot of (laughs) i'm like where the hell am i gonna fit into this thing man you know so it was yeah. it was interesting in the beginning, you know. I would show up to rehearsals and not play at all. I would listen, and Dickie Betts would go, "Hey man, are you going to play?" I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> but I have to find out where I'm going to play. I can't just get yeah. in there and start making noise, man." You know, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah it was He's interesting spot. Yeah, and, and, and so Ed, when you so you joined the band after Keith with Mike Hosick. And it's cool that you explained all that too. I, I had no idea you guys actually, you might've told me that at the time that you guys actually, I, I wondered that if, if it was spontaneous or if you actually worked out those parts and it's, it's kind of cool to know that you did, that you, you know, there was all that foresight um, behind it. Did you, um, did you, did you find that were there times when Mike would play the hi-hat and you'd play the ride symbol, like you guys would try to play different colors or, or was it a thing where you were just playing sort of locked the same? No, well, we would do uh, different kind of things. It's, it's funny you mentioned that it just immediately coming to mind when you say that it was rocking down the highway. Yeah. Um, because rocking down the highway has a very um, sort of prominent uh, 16th note tambourine part in the chorus. Right. And we didn't right. have a percussionist. So whenever we played rocking down the highway, you know, Mike would go to the bell of his ride cymbal and I would, I would double up on the hi-hat. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, which is kind of what uh, Keith and and Chet McCracken used to do when, when uh, Keith and Chet played together back in the day, Keith would play the ride cymbal and Chet would be over there like doing the, doing the, the, uh, the hi-hat thing to sort of cover uh, to, to sort of mirror that tambourine part. So there were instances like that in some places where we did stuff uh, like that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And there were moments with Mike a lot where it was just sort of like depending on the mood. So, you know, there was a lot of visual stuff with Mike and I, we would, we would sort of look at each other. I would often defer to him just as being the sort of uh, senior member, you know, yeah. and you know, the guy that recorded all those, uh, for those that might not know, Mike Hosek's the guy that's on uh, Toulouse street captain and me and what were once vices are now habits. So, I mean, that's listening to music that's rocking down the highway. That's Jesus is just all right. Blackwater, long train run in China Grove. That's all, all Mike. Yeah, um, yeah. I think there's a sprinkling of Hartman on a, on a couple of those tunes, uh, John Hartman, but um, yeah, I mean, it okay, was, yeah. Yeah. Usually the records from what I understand when there weren't two drummers playing, it was usually Mike holding it down or, or Keith. Um, and then there was a, 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 you know, a handful of tracks on each record where, audibly you can hear two different drummers um sometimes playing the same thing and other times playing different things i mean uh their producer teddy templeman was is is a drummer and um you know ted was really good about you know sort of if you're gonna play this maybe you could play that and there's some deep album doobie cuts like road angel and uh there's a song on taking it to the streets called eighth avenue shuffle 
they've got some great creative uh, double drum stuff going on in there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they were able to 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 do that stuff really well together. Is that is that orchestrated though, um, Ed, or was it just like freeform no. on, on that record? Like Eighth Avenue Shuffle is very much an orchestrated thing. You can sort of you could sort of hear like, you know, and I, I, obviously I wasn't there during the recordings, but it may have been something that came up while they were jamming out the tunes, or uh, a lot of I, you know I know uh, from having talked to Ted and and uh, you know reading Teddy's book that he was also instrumental in sort of okay if, if you're going to do that why don't why don't you why don't you do this. Um, or something like this type kind of thing, yeah. um, and those guys were all open to the that kind those kind of suggestions. So I think that's why you have so many cool uh, doobie drum things out there. Yeah. So like the song, listen to the music, for example, the the intro fill that comes in, you know, the guitar strum and the intro fill. That's Mike Hosick that plays that great kind of boom, yeah. yeah, and the break yeah. in the middle is is him and. Yeah. Yeah. As far as I know, that's all Mike on that track. And, um, you know, the iconic fill, that fill, I, I play note for note yeah. and the fill, the fill in China Grove, uh, right, right after the way. intro, I play yeah. note for note. Cause it's so iconic. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's to, to do something. It'd be like if you were playing in the air tonight and you played a different fill, you know, it'd yeah. be people, people would, you know, <laughs> they'd riot. Yeah. <laughs> they'd get up and i'd get up and leave i'd be like yeah. i'm leaving i gotta tell you guys something really funny um the singer neil porter who i mentioned my bandmate is watching right now and he's saying john we should get a percussionist so i want to thank you guys for cutting my pay in half i was just gonna say we, we just help you earn less money per gig all right I, it was nice being here man i'm getting off the air now man i'm causing trouble here uh, we'll only get a percussionist if we can get Mark Quinones. That's that's no, the only no, work no, no, if no, it's no. Mark Quinones because he'll he'll no, be reasonable. There, there, there's a bunch of great percussionists out there that are looking for work, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's uh, he's mine, man. Find your own. Yeah, Find your own. yeah. You're gonna have to fight. You're gonna have to fight. Uh, you know, Ed and uh, you know the other guys in the in the doobies, man. I hear you. I hear you. Plus, who's gonna be the bus mom out here, man? Me. <laughs> That's me. Right. The, the bus mom. <laughs> oh man. So, uh, so so talking about um you guys are on the road now, big year because Michael McDonald's like on this tour, it's kind of is it like a limited sort of is it is it the 40th anniversary of when the like when the band stopped playing in 1982 or is it the 50th anniversary of the band or is there Yeah, so 2020 was the 50th anniversary of the first record coming out basically. I see. Okay. Yeah. So, uh and then of course everything shut down in 2020. So we're still sort of on this 50th anniversary tour even though it's 52 at this point. I got you. Um, okay. No, he's part of it. We've got dates through July and then we're going back out September, October. Um, and he'll be part of all that. And um, I'm hearing rumblings about uh, them taking it international next year Great. Uh, with with Mike. So um, as far as I know, he's around for the foreseeable future. Well, that's great. I think, I think great. Mike is an official member of the Doobie Brothers again. No <laughs> wow. Okay. Because I was going to say he probably needed the work. You know what I mean? The yeah, yeah. News, news, any... news, news flash. <laughs> breaking news michael mcdonald is a side man in the doobie brothers now <laughs> no yeah i mean it's, when they, when they put it together um you know it was it was just sort of going to be the year and and sort of a, we'll see what happens after but then once we got out last year um you know it seemed to be uh going over well it was being received well the demand for some of the shows went up and and then these guys put a book out tom and pat have a, a book out now oh, cool. uh about that you know telling their doobie brothers story basically um so yeah it's it's been it's been really interesting you know it's a different dynamic having uh mike mcdonald around because now you know when mike wasn't around we would only play take him to the streets was like the only mcdonald era song that we would play and now with him around it's like we're playing i, I mean minute you by could, minute could, and oh yeah. yeah what a fool believes what it keeps you believes. running i mean yeah. you yeah. could construct a million different set lists and it would still be jumping 
you know, with all the, all the tunes available. Um, so that's been a really nice thing for me as a fan, uh, you know, cause I was a fan growing up, you know, my parents were fans and, uh, um, I don't know if I ever told you this story, man. I wrote a letter to the fan club when I was 11 years old. No, you didn't. No, I wrote a letter to the Doobie that's brothers fan club when I was 11 years old, man. I got this form letter back that was like, dear fan. And, you know, sorry, we, we can't, uh, answer letters, but do you want to buy a t-shirt? And then it was an order form at the bottom <laughs> for a t-shirt. And so I'm like, I teased them relentlessly about this, you know, uh, cause they, three still years later, they still haven't, they haven't even given you a t-shirt in 16 years, 17 years yeah, that you've been here. That's bro. right. If I, if I want to teach, if I want a t-shirt, I got to pay for you're it. Still, so. You still got to buy it. That's right. That's yeah. right. Smart businessmen. Yeah. Yeah. And buy some wine while you're at it too, you know? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, uh, Eggy Castrillo says hello, Mark. By the way, Eggy's hey, watching our, Eggie our brother Eggy. Um, yeah. But that's wow. That's that's a cool story too. That like you were that big a fan as a kid that you, you know, wrote a letter. I, and I now, think it, I think yeah. it's an amazing story, man. You don't really hear you know somebody writes a a fan letter and then becomes the drummer or or you know a musician in the band that they grew up listening to, and it's just it doesn't happen, man. So I, I think it's a pretty amazing story, man. That really is. That, and, yeah. and, and I was, and you, you um, answered my question before I asked you, Ed, and I was both of you guys about the material with Michael and I, by my recollection, cause I, I saw you guys a bunch of, I saw you in the band, Ed, with the doobies uh, when Tony was in the band. So mm-hmm. from like the late two thousands up until probably a few years ago, couple few times and and like you said you I, everything you played was the original sort of catalog from you know the tom and and patrick vocal you know period and mm-hmm. i guess probably just the one taking it to the streets was the only uh michael mcdonald song so now you've got all these other songs and that probably i'm guessing sort of puts a little fresh air into everybody's you know when you're playing new tunes so to speak gives everybody Look, we, sort of we, a, we have we have fan moments ed and i because you know michael mcdonald you know i mean doobie brothers are doobie brothers but but michael mcdonald has this voice that you know it's just everybody recognizes yeah and sometimes in the middle of a show we'll look at each other and be like that's michael mcdonald man you know i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna keep my cursing to a minimum (laughs) but you know it's like that's michael mcdonald right there man you know and and he rides on our bus and we have a, a you know he's he's a funny storyteller man so we have a great very, time with very him much us. so yeah <laughs> that's cool yeah one of the funniest I, humans i've ever met actually is that right i i met him one time and this is this is it, it probably it seems funnier to me than than it really is but you guys know harry mccarthy in nashville drum paradise in nashville sure you know sure. Her, yeah and, and i don't know if you know him, mark but he's an old friend i don't think so yeah. well I, I was i was flying home from nashville this is i was still working for zildjian so 10 or more years ago and i'm at the uh admiral's lounge American uh, Airlines Lounge at Nashville. And I'm on the phone with Harry. I just seen him the night before dinner and he's like wishing me a good flight and we're chatting and Michael McDonald walks in and I go, Oh, Harry, Harry, shit. Michael McDonald just walked into the Admiral's Lounge. And he goes, and, and Harry's like, he knows everybody in Nashville. He really does. He goes, Oh, Hey, tell him I said, hi. And I'm thinking he's kidding. Right. So, and I go, and I start laughing. He goes, no, seriously, tell him I said, hi. So I, I, um, I said, excuse me. Michael looks at me and he knew that I recognize him and he's kind of smiling, you know? And I said, uh, Harry McCarthy says, look, he goes, oh, you know, Harry, <laughs> it was like, and he was like, he came over and said, hello. He was so cool. Yeah. I guess the Harry had showed him some property warehouse that he was, that he owned that he was looking at rent or something. And and, or maybe they played golf together. I don't know, but they knew each other and it was just a fun, and he was really those few moments I spoke with him, really super cool guy. So he, he really is like one of the most down to earth, like, you know, musicians that I know, you know, like you can walk up to him at any point and start chatting and he'll chat with you with, you know, even if he has things to do, he'll just give yeah, you his time. Yeah. And it's pretty amazing. It's, it's, it's great to see somebody like that, you know, to know somebody like that. Yeah, yeah, it sure is. Ed, That's on the cool. other hand, you know, is a little standoffish. Oh, I know. But, I, you know, we're working on it, man. It's not <laughs> true. It's not true. Try to hang with Ed at a show, and he's like, see me afterwards. See, I got I got yeah. people to talk to. I got talk my, to, I got, talk to my I, people. 
talk to my I got people. a cocktail to make. I gotta, you know, I gotta talk to my my drum tech. Leave me alone, man. <laughs> Did you make an appointment? No. Well, then I'll see you next time. Yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. 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 You might be on somebody else's list, but you're not on mine. So. <laughs> That's right. Ed and I have had a few cocktails over the years. I. I Sweet. We have indeed. We have indeed. I thought of you. I was at Tosca. Kelly and I went to Tosca last week, and I remembered a great when you used to live in in uh, Hull or Hingham. You were in Hull for yeah. a while, Hull yeah. Mass, and uh, had a couple of good dinners over that way. But um, yeah, and I noticed Ed. No, did I see? I saw a video from Great Woods from Xfinity Center last week. Okay. Uh, last song of the night was "Listen to the Music," and you were playing "Match Grip." It looked like or part matched part. You, you always um, play traditional grip. I play traditional all the time. You know, I'll I'll be matched at the end when I'm doing all the cymbal crap, okay. you all know, right. okay. at the end of the song. And sometimes, occasionally, if I, um, <clears throat> I mean, I, there, you will occasionally see me playing matched, but it, you won't see me grooving matched. Okay. Um, all right. There are occasions where, like, if I put the sticks down because there's a guitar picking thing, going down and you know i i have had moments where uh we have the song clear as a driven snow and there's a, a sort of guitar interlude in the middle of it acoustic where they do this cool finger picking thing and then it comes in really big like with electric guitar and a really big triplet fill on the drums and there have been a couple occasions where i've just been sitting there kind of digging what the guitar players are doing and you know a lot of times during that section i'll put the sticks down on my snare and just kind of chill and mm-hmm. and there have been moments of like oh shit <laughs> you know? in, in those cases so <laughs> it, yeah, it's an probably, emergency switch <laughs> yeah it's an emergency you know but then that gives me a chance to do a little twirl which is always uh you know oh yeah that's important frowned upon by other drummers but enjoyed by the <laughs> by the audience so yeah. he, he, he's got he's got the traditional callus to to prove that he doesn't play okay, much <laughs> yeah i i, do. I don't even drummer. know if you can see that right there so yeah, it's a big a big nodule <laughs> yeah it's yeah. usually not this bad but i've been you know with the uh i guess supply chain issues and stuff i the, this i use uh sticks with no finish on them uh but I haven't been able to get them. So I've been using sticks with finish on them. So my hands are a little more callous than they usually are. Right. But you know what? No pain, no gain, man. Exactly. I mean, that, that that's what he's saying, Johnny, but you know, I'm just pushing him harder, man. So he's playing <laughs> a little hard. He's digging in a little harder now, man. That's it. That's it. Uh, did you guys, were you guys able to get any dates in last year? Has it been two years since, since you've been out or, or did you? Were, you got, oh yeah, we we toured it. We toured in uh, in twenty one. You did okay. I thought so. not as yeah. much as we're not as much as we are this year because we did a three three week residency in Vegas at the start of this. So, but yeah, we worked. We were able to work. Mike Michael was out last year as well because um, that was you know the fiftieth, the beginning of the fiftieth last year. Gotcha. Um, yeah. <clears throat> well, that's so, yeah. It, it must feel so good to just feel like you're back in some sort of a a zone you know some sort of a, a groove being back on the road and yeah i mean I, sure. I i i should have this on right now as we speak because i don't want to get anybody <laughs> infected but you know who <laughs> we're still Are you, we're still in that mode we're still in that mode. yeah so i was going to ask you guys not and not to not to spend a lot of time talking about that because that's can be a downer but but you got you guys are probably practicing protocols where you you probably don't have meet and greets or after shows or yeah, pre show. We, we can't we can't see anybody. You know, nobody's allowed backstage anymore. Yeah, um, which is kind of a drag because you know you get to cities where you know a lot of people and you want to say hello at least before the show and it's it's challenging. So yeah, but you know we're grateful to be out here playing music, man. So and and I think that's what everybody's doing right now to to get through this time and and it's a it's a sacrifice, like you said, but it's in the big picture it's you got to do it and and you know it ensures that extra layer of safety of not you know being exposed i mean if i if i had a setup like yours man i'd just stay home and and you know just phone it in stream stream my part in bro you know what i'm saying (laughs) that's funny Uh, man you guys i mean he's got two drum sets back there i mean what the hell's going on here bro 
And there's more where that came from, pal. There's a whole other room. Is that, is that is that the Gretsch kit you had at your office? No, that's a that's a 1962 round badge kit. Um, mm. I got that a couple of years ago. The the blue set I had at my office is in the other room in there, and I just took that out on some <laughs> gigs recently. But no, but <laughs> this is this is excuse a me, um, excuse me, man, Johnny D, man. <laughs> I know you're gonna have to change the title of the podcast to "Live from My Drum Rooms." That's, That's right. Good, yeah, maybe I should add an add an S to that and live from and my put, drum and, house. Yeah. <laughs> and put put cameras in the other room and just walk around and walk my pace back and forth. <laughs> you know. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, this show is about you guys. It's not about my. No, drum it's room. about it's about that setup behind you, bro. <laughs> it's a it's a nice sounding drum set. The Gretsch set sounds beautiful, and I just got that Kent drum set not too long ago. And and uh, wow. It's a it's a great little sound and drum set, but it needs a lot of work. It it needs some tender love and care. Is it from, is it from the thirties? It looks like it. It's from the sixties, early sixties. Oh, is it? Yeah. Mm. Um, and that was a company. Without spending too much time on the uh, Ed and Mark podcast, it was a company that was started in uh, upstate New York as like a lower priced American drum company, alternative to Ludwig and Slingerland and Rogers and Gretsch, and uh, and they were around for a while making uh good drums so ed you probably cool. heard of kent drums right i've heard of kent drums yeah yeah all right so boys so tell me what like on a, on a typical on a typical night a show night are you guys able to kind of stretch out a little bit change things up it's not the same you're not playing i'm guessing you're you're being somewhat spontaneous with what you're able to play and as long as you're keeping to the, uh, you know, the frame of the song. Doobies like structure. So we keep a lot of it structured, but, you know, um, when we get our moment to, to kind of shine a little bit, we just, you know, do yeah. whatever the hell we want. Yeah. Um, and but, you I, know, I know. They, you know it's, it's all about, you know, like, you know, the, the songs. It's about the, the doobie song. So we have to adhere to, to that. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, Ed, you're probably a, a, a little more, I mean, you really kind of have to keep it as, you know, you you can't veer too far from the parts, obviously. So I, I know that that's. A, yeah. I mean, a, a lot of the, a lot of the parts, the sort of straight up groove parts are the parts. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> you know, to the tune. Fills yeah. can be whatever I want them to be. And we have a couple, Mark and I have a couple of moments where we tra- trade licks back and forth and stuff like that. And, you know, you find yourself sometimes finding, uh, you know, riffs that work and you might stick with them for a little bit or you might go back to to th- this th- this one fill or, you know, there's a couple of spaces where I, I I've come up with fills and just thought, okay, you know, that really works there. So I'm going to play that there. Um, but most of the nights I'm just playing, mm-hmm. I'm not really thinking about it too much. Um, and you know, I, I, you know, I think you're right that Mark is a little bit freer, but you know, there are songs like taking it to the streets where, you know, the verse of taking it to the streets to me is a role reversal. Like Mark's holding down the groove of that. And mm-hmm. I'm sort of almost like the percussionist with what I'm playing on the hi-hat and, and, you know, that little, uh, Boom, boom, bah. That's like that's like percussion part to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the groove, the groove to that is really what Mark's doing there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So little little things like that, and just being aware of of things like that. Um, but we're we're you know you don't you don't want to go too far off the range because uh, you, know, you get fired. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> so, or, or, rep- or or reprimanded before they fire you. Yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go all Vinny and, 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 and say, Hey, let's, you know, let's play. Where's the one on China Grove. It's like, you you don't want to do that. (laughs) Yeah. That would make you a bad musician, you know? Exactly. And bad team player. No, and and I'm glad. Yeah. I mean, I, I sort of threw that loaded question your way because I think, and and I think probably the people watching this are, are, there's a lot of Doobie Brothers fans watching this in addition to being Ed Toth and Mark Quinones fans that understand, you know, how important, you know, playing the groove, playing it in time, playing the parts, the, you know, the, keeping the integrity of those iconic parts, how important that is. And, and you're right. It's not about you guys, you guys weren't hired. Um, you both have a ton of chops, but you weren't hired 
for that reason you were hired to because you're great musicians and you can, and look, you can honor these parts when you're in a band you adhere to the band you know you got to be a team player if you want to do your own shit start your own band yeah <laughs> you know what i yeah. mean amen i mean yeah. you know they're, yeah. they're gonna you know they know what your abilities are and they'll give you the time to shine but you know when you're playing music you got to play music you know what i mean it's not about you it's about right. the music sounding great and, and you know giving the people what they want man. yeah yeah exactly what the people need is a way to make them smile it ain't so hard if you know how it ain't so hard to do if you know how um yeah no it just came to me this just came this, i'm gonna write that down because that that could be that could something. be a great lyric man it could be it's a great poetic lyric. man it's poetic it's, it's po <laughs> there's that dry ed toast sense of humor it's poetic man it's poetic, it's poetic, um, man. It's poetic man and but you guys do get you do get a moment to take like a solo mm -hmm. during the night is there a moment where you guys can kind of get to blow a little yeah, bit yeah yeah and um in long train in long train running we've in got long, a in long train perfect yeah. tune for it yeah yeah and then in, in um what's uh what's pat's song that you know i'm bad with titles man um clear as the driven snow not clear no 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 the uh depending, depending on, on you. you depending on yeah. you yeah i get i get to play a little a, yeah. a little more because it's more it's a really for me it's a really latin you know um style song and so i can play you know some some riffs in there every now and then which is cool i really yeah. like playing yeah. that song are you playing um more conga than timbali in this mark or is it 100 percent? yeah 100 yeah like it yeah i, I only got yeah, to see that one tune that but yeah i mean you know it's the congas the congas you know kind of solidify the rhythm you know with yeah. the drummer more than yeah. timbales you know because you you have to play a lot of bells and a lot of spatial things on on that stuff so on, on the congas i can lay down a really good groove you know with with, with ed you know what i mean and just lock it in yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I, I totally yeah. dig it. I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. We've got some moments that are just, I, I think like solid as I'll get up, you know, when we we're doing a mic song called here to love you, which is off a of minute by minute. Um, and that's a great uh, song to play. And, and, um, Oh, something else about that song. Uh, I'll get back to that in a second, but, um, when we do cheeses is just all right. I mean, for that, for me, that's one of my favorite songs to play with Mark because we're just in it like completely, especially when it comes out of the breakdown and we yeah. go to the end. I told Mark once, I mean, man, when we come out of the breakdown and Jesus and I'm and I'm riding on the symbol and driving it and you're doing your thing. It's like a 70s car chase or something like, you know, yeah, movie, yeah. you know, and there yeah. have been a couple of nights where Mark and I will look at each other. We'll just we'll just kind of like start start doing this like like we're doing a car chase or something <laughs> so and we have a lot of fun together on stage we egg each other on sometimes we uh you know uh we just have a, a good time playing together because it was really simple from minute one yeah <clears throat> you know i think we played two tunes at rehearsal and i was like oh this is gonna be fine you know that's great you, yeah. you can see, and then you can, uh, yeah go ahead sorry i've yeah. learned i've learned i've learned how to play with drummers man so <laughs> yeah, you have it's easy for me. It's yeah. easy for me to adapt, it, you know, even more so to a single drummer than, a, than two drummers. But, you know, it, it yeah, it, it kind of like I said, I knew a lot of these songs. And so it was easy for me to groove right from the start, as opposed to the Almond Brothers, where I didn't know, you know, three, three quarters of the songs, you know what I mean? And yeah. I had to figure out what I was going to play. Like, because again, a lot of the, the, the conga patterns on doobie songs are patterns. And so, you know, you just have to play it and groove it, you know, for it to work. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, like, like streets is a, is a pattern that I enjoy playing because it's really solid, you know. Um, and there, there was a couple of times where Pat asked me to play something different because, you know, it, it was what he was used to hearing under recording. And so I kind of adapted it you know, to, to where I felt, you know, grooved a little better for me, the way I like to play. But, you know, thankfully there are not, not that many complaints, man. We're having a, yeah. a good old I'm time. I'm sure there are none. Yeah. No, I and, I, and on a, I was going to say on a song like here to love you, uh, you know, the percussionist that they had back in the day, Bobby Lakine was, he was sort of a hobbyist. He, you know, 
he was a crew guy who would jump up on percussion once in a while and sound check until they said, well, you should play percussion with us. And, you know, so Bobby sort of, and at that point, Bobby kind of dove in and, and, and learned about being a percussion. So, you know, Mark was talking about a song like here to love you, where it's a pattern, you know, Mark was saying, I would never think to play that, but because this guy wasn't like a schooled percussionist, he kind of came up with this cool, unique pattern you know yeah. um, i had to write it i had to write it out to remember how to play it because it's you know it's 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 placed in such a weird spot rhythmically that i was like if i don't write this out and and you know look at it look at it and learn it uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna mess this up you know wow no quite kidding. a few times <laughs> yeah because so you know it's like it's uh you know like it instead of being right it's it oh yeah yeah you know what i mean so you know yeah. i had to i had to see it and feel it at the same time so yeah it, it, it's a really cool groove man that like like ed said i would have never thought of playing something like that on this on this track but it it, it locks in really good on that song man that's right well i was yeah. I, I was just going to say i was going to add to that that it's obvious you guys you have that trust for, you know, each for each other that you need to have that, that, um, you know, a drummer and a percussionist or two drummers have to have. And, and it's, you know, that's obviously a, you know, the foundation there for you guys. And, um, Mark, I, just to jump back a second too, talking mm -hmm. about, you know, like the Almond brothers versus the Doobie brothers mm -hmm. bands who have the name brothers that you only seem to be in. Um, I don't. I don't join a band unless it has the the name brothers. In it, bro. That's it. That's it. That's it. It's a deal breaker. <laughs> um, but it must like coming from playing with Butch and Jamo, who who I just mm -hmm. you know I grew up idolizing those guys, uh, to playing with Ed. It's and and the music being that it's. I mean, there were definitely groove Almond Brothers tunes that had groove to it, but that wasn't really what they were about. Versus the Doobie Brothers, which is, you know, hundred percent groove all the time. So right. So how, how, um, well, you've already, I know you've already kind of talked about this, but how, how different was it playing like, you know, just sort of being able to groove playing with Butch and Jamo? Like, what was that? I, I think, I think part of my, you know, ability to, to fit in there is the fact that, you know, growing up playing Latin music and, and a lot of salsa bands, there's three rhythm players, you know, conga player, timbale player, baco player or maybe a conga player and a bongo player, right? Where you have to find a place to play. And so, you know, that's why I would, I would, I would never play as soon as we started rehearsal. I would just sit back and listen because I'm more of a rhythm player. I mean, you know, like I, I'm, I could care less if I, if I had a time to shine, a time to solo on, on, I like to play rhythm. I like mm -hmm. finding, you know, rhythm that's going to lock, feel good, sound good. And so with those guys, you know, because JMO was always filling in, you know, a lot of those colors, I had to figure out what rhythm, what pattern would work between these two drummers where it sounded, you know, you know, fluent enough that it grooved, you know what I mean? And so I think the benefit of, of growing up playing, because a lot of, you know, a lot of percussionists that haven't had that experience of playing with multiple percussion players, you know, think that they have to play everything that they have on their setup, you know, to find a groove. And for me, it's like, no, you know, you could just play congas, you know what I mean? Like, there, there's no shame in just playing congas. You don't need yeah, to play, you yeah. know, all these little trinkets up here, man, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just, and so, just... you know, like, like I said earlier with Ed, you know, it's, it's a lot simpler and we can groove even harder because he's such a, you know, he, he lays down a great foundation for me to just, you know, color it in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm very similar to Mark in that I, you know, <clears throat> I like just playing, I just like sitting up there grooving, yeah, you know, yeah. whenever there's a, okay, here's four bars, do something. It's like, Oh, what am I going to do? <laughs> you know, because right. <clears throat> I, I just like, laying it down i like being that foundation person so i think because the two of us are like that when we do we sort of go off and do something you know it's kind of cool and it works really well and we don't step on each other because we know you know oh okay he's 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 filling up that spot i'm gonna let him fill up that spot yeah. you know or vice versa 
Yeah, there's that trust thing. Yeah, and I, I would guess that you guys don't even have to even think about it, right? I mean, it's just kind of you. You can almost sense it. You can feel it. Yeah, and and and, and you know, always being a good listener, man, on stage. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. just the other day, Mark Russo, the sax player. You know, he didn't think I I had him in my mix, right? So he in in at you know at the beginning of the um, long train drum thing. He's walking off the stage and he plays this lick on his saxophone and I just picked it up from him and he looked at me like, holy <laughs> shit, you're actually listening to me. Because <laughs> he likes to doodle a lot on his sax when he's not playing. And so he plays something as he's walking off and I, and I followed suit. And, you know, it's like you have to listen, you know, you, you know, you pick up little things like Ed will play a lick and, and I'll answer him or I'll play a lick and he'll answer me. And we'll look at each other. and It's like, all right, you know, we are we are paying attention to one another, man. You know, we're not just up here, you know, like robots, you know, we're actually enjoying the moment. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Listening yeah. is so important. And listening yeah. is everything. It's yeah. everything as a musician. Listening is everything. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt, yeah. Being po- being poetic again. Yeah, no, but it's true. <laughs> yeah. You got to listen to the music, bro. You got to yeah. listen to the music. <laughs> no, but I, I, uh, my, my buddy Neil, who might still be watching, I, I, you know, I say that to him, like, listen, you got to be listening. You know, you got to be like, hear what we're all doing, and let's all do it together. But um, I was just going to say, you mentioned Jesus is just all right. That's got to be such a great tune for you guys to play. I mean, when I, when I think of the percussion in that and the, and the drumming and is other, are, are there certain songs like during the night that you guys, I mean, they're all such classic tunes, but are there like certain songs you guys really look forward to just like bringing it? That- and we're playing, you know, we're playing, um, Mike's song keeps you running. Yeah. Yeah. And that song, man, like, you know, when, when I had to study like Mike's music, it it was completely different on the record than the way we're playing it. And when we started playing that rehearsal, I'm like, this is not the same song. But man, the way we play it and the groove that it gets into, man, you know, like we always, Ed and I look at each other at the end of it, it's like, this thing needs to be a little longer, man. This yeah, groove needs yeah. to fuck it. This groove needs to last a little longer because it's yeah. so, yeah. so dirty, man. It's so great, man. I, you know, It's one of my favorite it's- songs. It, we look at the set list like, all right, we got two more songs till till this groove, man. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because you know on the record it's like a early Roland drum box, and uh, you know Mike's playing like a clap heart over the top of it. The tempo is yeah. a lot quicker on the record. We're playing it swampy, like almost like Memphis style, uh, you know, piano blues thing uh, with a with a hint of uh, um, hint of reggae. And, uh, you know, I get to do a little sort of menu cache during, during some of it. Yeah, and um, yeah. we love it. I mean, and, and yeah, we keep saying like the, the ending should be extended or <clears throat> I, I can always tell, Mark can always tell from me on a night where I feel like I nailed it or we collectively nailed it. Because I'll look over at him and I'll be like, let's play it again. Let's <laughs> <laughs> you know? oh, do that one again. I, and yeah. a sidebar, man, I can I can proudly say now that, you know, I am a Michael McDonald's background singer, bro. Oh, yeah, because Mark, Mark's doing a lot of singing. So <laughs> I, I came should've... on board and they yeah. got me doing vocals now. And I'm like, shit, I could put now that I'm background singer for Michael McDonald, man. This is great. Huge, man. <laughs> I should have mentioned that because you, you sang a lot of backups with, with, the, with the Almond Brothers. Yeah. So. I, I, was thrown into, I was thrown into the fire. Thanks to JMO, man. You know, when Warren left. You know, there was no one that could sing his his high parts. Yeah, and I I never said anything about singing. And JMO at a rehearsal goes, "Hey man, give him a mic." <laughs> and they were like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "We're only using fifty percent of his talents. Give him a mic." And Greg was like, what "Fuck, are you talking about, bro?" <laughs> he's like, "He's like, just give him a mic, man. He can sing." And then, and, then, and then Greg looks at me. He goes, "Can you sing?" I'm like, "Yeah, you know, I sing backgrounds on in most of the salsa bands that I'm in." Oh yeah. And then they give me a mic and I sing. And they were like, "Man, you weren't fucking kidding, JMO." It's <laughs> 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 pretty funny. So yeah, you know, you he, got all, he threw yeah. me into the fire, man. <laughs> the high harmonies. Uh, I got to tell yeah. a quick JMO story. Quick, and we're gonna, we're gonna we'll come back to the Doobie Brothers. But the first time I met Butch and JMO, 
1989. I had just started working at Zildjian, been there a month or two. They played Great Woods, where you guys played a couple weeks ago, Xfinity. And uh, and I talked to Butch. I just signed them up like that year when they got back together as the Almond Brothers. And uh, But it was the first time I was going to see them. And uh, Butch gets me the tickets. I go see them there. After the show, I'm in the catering area, there, as you guys know well. And I see Butch come out and I come over and I introduce myself to him and we're chatting and he's, you know, nice as can be. And then I see JMO and JMO kind of makes his way over and I introduce myself to him or maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe Butch introduced us, but this is a true story. He said, um, he said, you're the Zildjian guy. I said, yeah, it's great to meet you. He goes, where the fuck were you all night when my symbols were up there breaking? All my symbols were breaking on stage. And I'm like, he goes, ah, I'm just messing with you, man. <laughs> it's good to meet. Gives me a big hug, you know. <laughs> and then, like from that point on, he was like, just you know, like an uncle to me. You know what I mean? Like, but it, he was like, ah, I'm just messing yeah. with you, man. Yeah. Jmo, Jmo, and Mike McDonald have the same kind of humor, man. Where you don't know if they're serious or not. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. He he had me going for about thirty seconds. I'm like, I did. I didn't see any symbols breaking up there, you know. Anyway, but. That's yeah. that's cool. Um, we're getting close to the end, boys. I, I know you got lots to do on your day off in Toledo today. So I, Toledo, I yeah, well, you know. <laughs> if anybody has any, I can't see the chat, but if anybody has any suggestions, put them in the chat. Yeah, stuff to do in Toledo. <laughs> yeah. If there's some paint to, that you want to watch dry in your hotel rooms or something, that's always right. Road, but uh, there's right. a lot to watch in this room, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, look at this beautiful ceiling I have here, man. <laughs> That's a, yeah. It has Ed has a different ceiling in his room. It looks like he's in a different, a different hotel, different man. Oh. You know, seniority seniority has its perks, bro. Wow. Okay. <laughs> he's kidding. He's kidding. Oh, you're in a step. I'm on, I am on a different. On what floor are you on, Mark? I'm on eleven, bro. Oh, I'm okay. above so you. You're, you're probably at the top. So close to it. Close to it. <laughs> so yeah, I got the acoustic paneling up here. You know, that's right, that's right. <laughs> well, and it's going to make for a great sounding podcast. So I appreciate that, Mark. Yeah, <laughs> but this has been great, guys. I I, I want to say thanks and um and how much I love both of you guys as very dear friends and uh, and as musicians and and huge respect. And I so appreciate you being here today. On, uh, on well, we show. appreciate the invite, man. You know, it's 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 good to see you because I haven't actually seen you in, in quite some time, buddy. Yeah, it's been a minute. Um, and, you know, glad you brought us together. You know, Ed and I have never done a podcast like this together. So it's good to chat and give a little insight as to how we work together. Um, and again, you know, for me to, re you know, to reiterate what, you know, a pleasure it is to, to be able to work with Ed because... You know, he's a great, great fucking drummer, man. He sure is. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks, man. Sure is. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's 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 like I said. <clears throat> you know, I threw Mark's name in for a reason uh, back in 2018, and you know, it was because I knew he'd done the rock and roll thing and would be able to uh, to hang, and that certainly proved the case. So. Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. mean to share that photo. I, I thought I had a photo. <laughs> no, listen, listen. This, this was this is what Ed gave me to say that he was a great drummer, man. So I'm just letting you know that. Uh, I mean, I actually I, I, he didn't need to give me this for me to say that, but I just wanted people to know that he's a high roller, man. He gave me a hundred dollar bill for that. He is a that high PS, roller for that PSA right there, bro. <laughs> what am I gonna do with Purdy and Toledo? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Oh um, man. Oh, that's too much. I think I, I think I already did share this, but I'll share it again. This great photo from I want to say the yeah. early nineties. I won't uh, I won't tell you what I said offline about this, you know, JMO holding my leg. No, <laughs> we won't we won't repeat that because it's a family <laughs> show, but but that's a that's a one of my favorite photos right there. And uh I'll just quickly show you another photo. I mean what I a what a what a cast of characters in that photo, man. Shit. I know. I know, man. Wow. I know. That, I that didn't even a... have ink back then, man. No, you it was probably not I, long you know, after like, you joined I'm the like, band. I'm like, those guys, man, they did me some they did me wrong, man. <laughs> <laughs>
This is a photo, Ed, from um, when Tony was in the band that we took right down the oh, street. Yeah. I live in Cohasset now, and this was at the Music Circus right down the street here, I want to say in 2015. Oh, yeah. 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 Look, look how young Ed was there, man. How long was uh, I just, I just can't get the hair thing right, man. I'll tell you. <laughs> I mean, it was obviously a hot night. I mean, look at the three of us. It was a hot night for sure. And it's, uh, that place, as you remember, there's no, like, it's it's a, it's open tent, but there's no ventilation in there. And mm. I was sweating watching you guys, so I can't imagine how you felt after the and show. That, that, that was 10 years ago, man, just about. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was a while back. Yeah. The, the crew punked me that day. I have a great story about that day, actually. <clears throat> I had just gotten, um, I think maybe that year, this beautiful... Uh, dw kit with like a burnt toast fade and uh i just loved it and i was going to do sound check and uh, my drum tech jeremy denton comes up to me and he goes man i don't even know how to say this so i'm just gonna say it but we're missing one of your floor toms and i'm like what are you talking about he said we're missing one of your floor toms man I like somehow it didn't like, like the locals helped us with load out last night. It's on me. I didn't double check. Like, I, I don't know what to say, but we're, we're going to, we, we think we might be able to track it down, but can you do the show with one floor Tom tonight? Um, and at the time my setup was, was two up, two down. And um, I said, yeah, I mean, I guess if I'm, if I'm going to have to, I can, it's not that big of a deal, but, dude like i just got this kit right so he's telling me all this stuff as we're walking into the this this tent and um just to paint the scene for people listening it's a it's an outdoor tent it's in the round right so the stage is in the middle and you walk under this tent and you know the stage spins around anyway i walk into the tent and i immediately spy they had taken my 14 inch floor time and just hung it up from the light rig <laughs> And it's like hovering <laughs> over my drone kit. I'm like, you son of a bitch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, and I, I you know, did it, and, wait, did it stay up there for the show, though? No, no, no. Of course, <laughs> me being the sense of humor that I have, I was just like, hey, found it. <laughs> you know? Oh, I love uh, a good, I love a good prank. Oh, man. Yeah. You have oh. to have pranks on the road. Oh, there you I'll go. Look at that, man. Yeah, this this uh, last photo, I Ken, promise. But Ken, this I Kenwood found Denard, out. man. Kenwood Denard, absolutely. No, no yeah. kidding. That is Kenwood, huh? Yep. Yeah. This was this was at the um, the Pavilion in Boston in 2012, ten years ago, Mark. I know. In, uh, August, you remember I was that? The, I was the only one without a Zildjian shirt on, man. What the hell? I know. I don't know how that. <laughs> I brought you one. You just didn't put it on. But that was the night. If you remember, I think you came up to me, or Bert Holman came up to me and said. Greg wants one of those shirts too. And I didn't yeah. have any. And he's like, he'll right. wear it right now. And I'm like, shit, <laughs> I don't have well, one. I, I, we, we gave him one eventually. And he, he used to love to wear that shirt, man. It's a great shirt. It is a great shirt. It was one of my favorite shirts. I still have one. I, I don't have much of my Zildjian swag, but I, I do have one of those. And, but that was, Why not? It, are you, are you, are you an expat bro? What's going on? Man? I just I wore that I wore that stuff for so long. I mean, I just, I, you know. I was going to comment on that Pisces symbol back there, but you know, I'm going to comment on it now. Man, what's going on, expat? That's a that's a that's a a gong that belonged to my father-in-law. So oh, that's okay. a that's a used in the Boston Symphony was, Orchestra. Was was Vic was Vic a, a Pisces guy? No, no, he wasn't. But he just he just accumulated a lot of stuff and uh, mm. just different things, you know. And and that was one of them. So. Yeah. When they um, when they when they're done with my gong at the museum, I'll send it to your house and you can put it there too. All right. All right. I'm gonna put it I'll put it with Vicks and that's a who <laughs> that, gong that. next to it. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember how big that thing is. I think it's like thirty four inches or something, the one that, that you guys gave me with the Allman Brothers. <laughs> I remember. I remember. It got a lot love, of good use. Love that thing. Yeah. Hey man, if I could use it here, I would, man. But you know, they, they barely want any China symbols, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is, I so, love this shot. I think you should was, bring the gong out, man. Yeah, you, you should. Think so? You absolutely should. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll think about it, man. <laughs> well, bring that cool, shirt guys. out, too, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I want to well, thank you again so much. And um, this has been great. 
I want to thank everybody for watching today. And yeah, wait, um, we was we were saying goodbyes about twenty minutes ago, right? Yeah, but that's what we do. We, we, it's the long goodbyes. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Why not, man? Uh, I mean, man. what what else are we going to do in Toledo, man? I, mean, I, I know you say. got you got a bunch of drums to play in your house, man. But we yeah, we got nothing here, bro. All right. Nothing. Cool. All right. Well, we'll take a little break and come right back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> take a station break. <laughs> Uh, but, but thank you guys so much. This is, this has been a pleasure and an honor to have you here today. And I want to, uh, thank everybody for watching big hand for Ed Toth and Mark Quinones of the Doobie brothers. And, thank you. Uh, Thanks for having us, John. My and pleasure. For Johnny guys. D inviting us. Thank you very much, Johnny. Love you. And, cats. uh, you know, we'll do this again at some point, man. That sounds great. I hope to see you guys when you come through in the fall. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Come. Yeah. Yeah. We're coming to the Orpheum, I think. Great, great. And maybe, <laughs> right? maybe we can we can get together before or after. You know, I know it's probably going to be I the same situation. Day, I think we have a day off. Great. Yeah, I believe we, we have a day off day. the day before. So perfect, good. All right. So I mean, it's a you day. know, maybe you can invite us to your drum. You know, your drum rooms. Uh, yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I would a love little that. a little food. You know what I'm saying? Like old times' sake. A little food, a little drink, a <laughs> little fun. Yeah. Put up our two cheese for old time's sake. You know uh, we I'm got saying? better places than that now, Mark. There's way better places. <laughs> no, no, that was the spot, bro. Yeah, that was the lunch? spot. Let's go to Bertucci's. Oh, yeah, okay, great. Thanks. Eat some filling pizza. <laughs> it's a good place, but there's there's better places now. So perfect. <laughs> All right, man. All right, enough of this shenanigans. <laughs> Johnny, thank you so much, buddy. All right, you guys. Love you guys. You're welcome, Mark. All right, likewise. Love, love you too, love brother. You. Thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. All right. Over and out.